Thanks for checking out the Oasis Church podcast from Camden, Arkansas. Each week we share the message from our Sunday worship service. Join us anytime. More information at camdenoasischurch.com. Well, amen. Good morning. Thank you, worship team. Very well done. If you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, that will be our primary text for this morning. I apologize. Once again, I do not have any slides for you this morning, so I guess you'll just have to look at me and my sunburnt face this morning, but it'll all be good because we all have our copies of God's Word, and we're just going to dig right in. Well, today is Mother's Day, and it reminded me of this story of a one time this boy who was standing before the church and um, at the end of the Awana's year, and as always, some of the cubbies are showing off some of the, you know, skills and some of the information that they've learned over this past year in this uh, end-of-the-year Awana ceremony. And this young boy was quoting a, 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 a verse of scripture that he and his mother had a, a practice, you know, a few days prior. And he gets up there, and at one point, he gets stuck, and he can't Oh, he can't remember his, the next verse or the next line. And his mother, that was, you know, sitting on the front row, uh, ready to give him cues, uh, whispers to him, I am the light of the world. And the boy, you know, just kind of looking, you know, like he can't really understand what she's saying. She says again, I am the light of the world. And finally, the boy realizing of what his mother is saying, he stands up confidently and with boldness. He says, my mother is the light of the world. Well, well, n- n- oh, you might actually think that your mother is the light of the world, and I hope that we can all say that about our mothers, but maybe there's a chance that you can't. Maybe there, you know, you didn't have a mother that was around much or that, you know, you were close to, but that does not change the fact that the model of a good mother is something that we all need in our lives. Science tells us that 10 out of 10 people have a mother, um, and that is a fact, whether you think very highly of your mother, or the idea of a mother is something that was always a sore subject to you. God has set the role of a mother on a very high pedestal. Uh, Mothers are very special to the Lord, and I want to take the opportunity um, just to um, share my appreciation and thank all the mothers in here for everything that you do. You are very special to all of us. Um, But I'm at the point in my life right now where a lot of people that I know and are close to are having kids of their own, like a ton of people I went to high school with are are, are either having newborns or, you know, they have a one-year-old or two-year-old. And I'm just like, man, like, I still do homework on a Thursday night. Like, I could not even imagine having a child right now. So there are a ton of moms uh, being made every day, and there is um, a lot that we have to learn from them. So as I was studying for this message this morning, I was like, what in the world do I have to say about being a good mom? Like, like I don't have any experience on the subject. Um, but then, you know, I got to thinking a lot about Jesus and his mother and like, oh, oh well, what did he think about his mom? Did he learn anything from her? Um, oh, and, and if he did, what did he learn? I mean, he was the son of God actually, I mean, you know, the second head of the Trinity, what could he possibly learn from Mary? Well, it turns out a lot, actually. Um, And as we see here in this story in John chapter 2, we see that Mary takes the role of being the mother of God very seriously. So if you will with me, open up to John chapter 2, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. 
It says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from uh, 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them up to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here at Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. All right, so pretty familiar story here, right? Uh, You know, Jesus turning water into wine. This is known as the first uh, miracle Jesus ever performed, or that we have recorded, at least. It's certainly the first one in John. Uh, Well, John gives us seven signs in his gospel, and each of them are believed to be handpicked by John for a specific teaching purpose, because we know, obviously, that Jesus did other signs and miracles in the other gospels. And a lot of different things have been said about this story and about this miracle, but we don't talk enough about the role that Mary played in it. And I mean, you know, this is the first public miracle Jesus ever did. It literally started his earthly ministry. His, his, his journey to the cross began on this day. And let's be honest, he didn't have much of a choice, did he? I mean, his mother kind of made him do it, Right. Like, now, I, I don't know if Jesus was planning on doing a miracle at this wedding. I don't know if those kind of things happened to Jesus. Like, did, you know, did things happen that he wasn't planning on? Did he know everything like God did? I don't know. But this story seems to suggest that he was not planning on doing a miracle on this day. Um, uh, 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 well, um, but, 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 but his mother made him do it. Mothers are a very special thing, aren't they? Um, we learn a lot from our mothers. They teach us how to take care of ourselves. They teach us how to be kind. They teach us how to have compassion for other people. They teach us how to love. But these are all things that Jesus already knew, right, from just being God. And those were things that he already was. What could Jesus possibly learn from his mother? And so for just a few minutes this morning, I want us to see what we can learn from a good mother alongside Jesus himself. So the first thing I want us to see is that a good mother knows when a need must be met. A good mother knows when a need must be met. Isn't that so true, though? I mean, mothers just have a keen sense for knowing when someone needs help or knowing when someone needs compassion. That's just a God-given trait that, that mothers have. It just comes natural to mothers, it seems. And, you know, the rest of us, we, oh, we have to learn it, but, uh, you know, we have to learn how to be compassionate but not mothers. God has given them that natural ability of compassion. We see in this story that of Mary and Jesus and some of Jesus' disciples are at this wedding. And in ancient Jewish tradition, weddings were a big deal. I mean, like basically the whole city would come out and celebrate, and they would celebrate for several days at a time. And so 
I don't know how far into this wedding celebration they were, but it seems that they weren't far enough into the, into the wedding celebration that they should be running out of wine. And if they ran out of wine, well, this early, it would probably be pretty shameful because they got to tell everybody to go home. When the, when the wine runs out, everybody's going home. Nobody's sticking around anymore. The party's over. And so that would be shameful to tell everyone, hey, party's over this early into the celebration. It would be a bit shameful to have to do that. And so I don't know how Mary found out that they were out of wine. Maybe, you know, she went to get some herself and they turned her away. You know, I assume people just noticed they were whispering and gossiping around, you know, like they do because running out of wine at one of these parties is just some, it's not something that happened. So Mary clearly sees that these people have a need. She does not, you know, want them to, you know, being shamed. She has compassion on this family who is throwing the party. And that's just how good mothers are, aren't they? They can see when other people are in need and when that's something that we, and I think that's something that we should all get better at. I mean, how often do you just go about your day looking for people who are in need? Like how often do, oh, well, do you see a need and think, wow, what can I do to meet that? I'm having internet problems. Anyone else having internet problems this morning? <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, well, like I was asking, how often do you just go about your day looking for people who are in need? Probably not often if you're anything like me, because for some reason, you know, we tend to, uh, uh, to hope that we don't see any needs, because then we don't feel guilty about not doing anything to meet them. Like, uh, we'll say you're driving down the road, maybe in a big city, Right? And what do you hope you don't see out of your driver's side window? Someone standing there holding a cardboard sign, right? Because it makes you feel guilty because you see a need, but you know we're not going to meet it. I mean, let's just be honest. We don't like inconveniencing ourselves to take the time to show kindness to other people. But why is that? I mean, why do we try so hard to suppress the compassion that the Holy Spirit has given us when we, uh, when we accept him? into our hearts. This is going to be really annoying. That's okay. Um, I mean, ask any restaurant worker what their, what their least favorite shift to work is, and most of all of them will tell you the Sunday afternoon shift. And why is that? And they'll tell you because those people are rude and they don't tip well. Well, I wonder who those people are on Sunday afternoon, right? But that's not how Jesus was, and that's not how Jesus is mother was. When we look at the traits of a good mother, compassion is right there at the top of the list. And we also see as Jesus's ministry went along, what was right at the forefront of it? Compassion. Compassion for those in need. But not only does Mary see a need that needs to be met in this story, but she does what she can to meet that need. And that's the second thing I want you to see this morning. Isn't that what a good mother does though? Like, don't they do everything they can to meet the needs of others? They have diligence. They're persistent. They have a mindset of doing whatever it takes to help those around them. And Mary sees these people are out of wine, and she understands this means shame on the family who's throwing the party. And she also knows that her baby boy can fix this situation, right? And I'm not sure how this went down, but I like to think, you know, she just kind of walks up to Jesus 
And, you know, she just kind of looks at him with that, like, I'm not taking no for an answer look. And she tells him, they're out of wine. And, 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 and Jesus knew exactly what she wanted right then because he could have answered this or responded a handful of different ways. He could have said, well, like, why is that my problem? He could have said, well, you know, uh, like, what do you want me to do about it? But instead he says, why aren't you involving me in this? Like, it's not my time for me to do that yet. Jesus knew that she wanted him to do a miracle, and she wasn't asking either, right? Oh, 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 oh my teenagers um, in, in, in youth group would say that Jesus' mama was a savage, right? Because, oh, well, notice she only says two things, and neither of them are a question. She tells Jesus they're out of wine, and she turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. And that's it. And she walks away savage. Jesus' mom is playing zero games in this story. She didn't ask. She said, I don't care if you are the son of God, the second head of the Trinity, or God himself. I am your mama, and you're going to do it, right? But you see, she knew that she could meet these people's needs, and a good mother just knows those kinds of things, don't they? She knew that her son had the ability to help them out in this situation, so she did what she could to help. But what if we were all like that, though? Like, what if we all looked for the needs around us and then worked hard to meet them? I mean, odds are God has placed you in that situation or brought that need to your attention because he has given you the means by which that need can be met. Let me say that again. Odds are God has placed you in that situation or brought that need to your attention because he has given you the means by which that need can be met. Mothers are persistent in meeting the needs of others, and we ought to learn from them and be just like that. Good mothers are, are, are caring, aren't they? They just care. And, you know, when you're young, you know, you think of some of the things that, you know, you were told, uh, of the, you know, they might be harsh, but then down the road you realize that they were just an overflow of love and care from your mother. And so I have compiled a small list of of, of oh, oh, maybe not things that your mother wouldn't say, but things that, in general, a mom would never say. So, oh, oh, here's one thing that a mom would never say. How on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? Here's another one. Just leave all the lights on. It makes the house look more happy. Let me smell that shirt. Oh, yeah, it's good for another week. Oh, go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll be glad to feed and walk him every day. Well, if Timmy's mom says it's okay, that's good enough for me. Here's another one. The curfew is just a general time to shoot for. Don't worry about it. No, I don't have any tissues with me. Just use your sleeve. It'll be fine. Here's, here's another one. Don't bother wearing a jacket. The wind chill is, is bound to improve. Now, I highly doubt any of you have ever heard your mom say any of those things. And honestly, most of us have probably only heard the opposite. But as we, as we see from our mothers that, oh, well, they just care. It comes from a deep-seated care and compassion from a mother that can only come from God. And I'm not saying that we should all start treating other people like our moms, but what if we all had that kind of care and compassion? What if we all prayed, Lord, give me that compassion you gave my mother? And maybe not even your mother, but the compassion of a good mother. Lord, help me to see the needs that others have. Lord, 
Help me to, 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 uh, to uh, uh, will know how to meet those needs and then be diligent in working and trying to meet them. I honestly think the church today would be better off for it. If we all asked the Lord to give us the compassion of a mother, it's not like there are any less needs around us to, uh, uh, to meet. There's actually more and more every day. And some of the you know, biggest charities and nonprofit organizations in the world were a, are, are, are Christian-based and were based because someone saw a need and wanted to meet that need. Think of the Red Cross, um, the Salvation Army, uh, 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 St. Jude's Children's Hospital, all things that come from someone looking for a need and trying to meet that need because God had equipped them to do that. What does James say is pure and undefiled religion? To care for orphans and widows, right? And though that is the correct answer and the one that we will normally give, it's incomplete. See, we can remember that part of the verse, but often we forget the last part. Oh, let me read it to you. In James, he says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So it's to care for orphans and widows, that's one part, but also to keep yourself unstained from the world. Well, what's the comparison there? Because James is obviously setting up a dichotomy for us in this verse. So caring for orphans and widows is apparently the complete opposite of being like the world because we don't want to be stained by it. The world, it, it must mean that the world is what? Is, is, is uncaring? Is uncompassionate? Is greedy? Here's a good word for you. The world is ruthless. Oh, oh just a few weeks ago, the youth had learned about Ruth and in, in her, in her story. And one of the things that we saw in that story is how to be a Ruth to the people around us. That's actually where we get the term ruthless. Because if you are being ruthless, then you are not being like Ruth, who was kind, who was loyal, who was caring, who was compassionate. And because she was all of those things, the Lord blessed her with a family. He blessed her with a son. He made her a mother. And not just any mother, but the great-grandmother of King David himself. The exact same King David whose family lineage the Messiah later came from. There's something very, very special and blessed about being a caring person. And I think every good mother has some Ruth in her. And I think the rest of us ought to pray for God to make us a little more like Ruth. But not only does a good mother see a need to be met and does what she can to meet that need, but number three, she pushes others around her to be better. Notice in this story that Jesus wasn't planning on doing a miracle that day. He knew that once he started doing public miracles that his ministry had begun. His journey to the cross had started and doing public miracles what was going, what was, what was going to kickstart this. And yeah, you know, he might have been the son of God, but he was also her son. And a mother always knows best, right? And so what does she do? She does what she can to help him. And, and, and she knows that he has a purpose and she takes it upon herself to push him to do great things. And isn't that what a good mother does? Don't they push us to do great things? They push us 
to fulfill our purposes in life. They may have to straight up push us over the edge sometimes, but we come out on the other side better for it. And I think there's something that we can learn from that, though. Like, what if we all made the people around us better? What if we all encouraged other people and were a light to those around us? I mean, isn't that what Jesus wants? For us to be more like him, for us to look more like him to the people around us. I mean, I think so. I think Jesus would want us to be more like a good mother by encouraging other people to be like him. Encouraging other people to be kind, to be caring, to be compassionate. And if we do that, if we strive for that, not only will we be all the better for it, but I think the church will be all the better for it. Well, when, when, when I was a kid, my mother um, worked from home for the longest time, and she's actually here with us uh, this morning, and my little brother as well. And well, during the summer, me and him in um, um, the neighborhood kids would play outside in our yard because it was the biggest yard in the neighborhood. And it was also like right in the middle of the neighborhood. So everybody just kind of, you know, oh, oh, came there. And we also had the only basketball goal in the neighborhood. But I remember that my mother would always have, um, uh, uh, she'd be in her office and her window perfectly looked outside out to the yard. So she was always seeing what was going on, and she was always watching everything going on. It always just seemed that she knew things about me and my brother that just baffled us. Like, how did you know that, you know? And like one thing that she would do that always astounded me and kind of grossed me out at the same time is sometimes that, you know, we'd get up in the mornings, you know, maybe we didn't feel well or just something wasn't right, and we'd say, oh, oh, mama, I don't feel good. And, and, And she'd say, okay, come here, let me smell your breath. Like, what? Like, like what, how, how in the world are you going to be able to tell anything about that? And, and she'd say, okay, just open your mouth and breathe. And so, you, you, you know, we do that. And she'd all but, like, stick her nose in my mouth. And then she'd be like, yep, it's strep throat. Like, how do you do that? Like, like how do you know the, uh, of that kind of stuff? Like, I never understood that. But that's just how mothers are, aren't they? Like, they just know things about you. They know when you're sick. They know when you're hurt. When you need something, they just have that innate ability just to see whenever you need something and a need that they can meet. But you know who also knows a lot about you is the Lord. God knows everything that you've ever done or ever will do. In fact, he knows even more about you than your mother. The Bible says the Lord knows the contents of our heart and is searching to and fro for those who love him. He knows if you're a kind person, if you're a compassionate person, if you care for the needs of others. And he wants to help you grow in those things. So why don't we take this Mother's Day and reflect on the God-given gifts our mothers have and ask him to help us develop those. I will ask him to help us become a lot more like our mothers. I pray today that we would examine our hearts and ask, do I look for the needs of others around me? Do I do all I can to meet those needs, and do I push others to be more like Jesus? Well, as the uh, old Margaret comes up here in just a minute and leads us in our final song, I want to lead us in a prayer, and I just want to, I will just pray a blessing and a thank you over all the mothers here this morning. Um, Oh, you're very special to all of us, and thank you so much for coming, and I just pray that we can all 
learn a little something from our mothers. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the gift of a mother. We thank you for the blessing that all of them are in our lives. We ask that you would help us starting today to be more like all of them in our lives. We ask that you would help us to see that they are only uh, uh, that we are only part of a bigger picture of what it means to be your child and being more like Jesus. We praise you for who you are, and it's in Jesus' name we pray.